please pray with me. Dear Lord God, I pray that you would fall powerfully upon us this morning. Speak to our hearts. Place your words in my mouth, Lord, and may we come into a profound and transformational encounter with you uh, through this time together. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. morning. So good to see you all. You know, you picked the right service today. And one of the reasons is because somehow over the weekend, the heater in the church got turned off. So the 8 o'clock service, it was 41 degrees when the service began. By the end of the service, it was a balmy 51 degrees. So we were all kind of shedding layers at the end, but you picked the right one. Now, I'm sure I don't have to tell all of you this, but uh, according to Dirt Rider magazine, the 2011 KTM 250 XC is the ideal motorcycle. How many of you read that? How many of you subscribe to Dirt Rider? None? Nobody? What do you guys subscribe to? Car and Driver, that's a good one. Someone's on there. I just only want to hear appropriate titles in church. What else? Time, maybe somebody, people. Okay, all right, Newsweek, there we go. Right, Reason. So um, you guys don't all subscribe to the same magazine? Why not? Different taste. So wait, let me get this straight. You subscribe to a magazine based on what you like. Nobody subscribes to things they don't like. Is that true? Interesting. You know, I think there's a trend uh, that I'm picking up here. And it, it extends beyond magazines, right? Uh, does everyone have the same cell phone? No, probably got some like, you know, probably got some iPhones out there, maybe a Blackberry, maybe a normal flip phone, maybe a simple one with just numbers so you can just make calls. Yeah? Right. And, and does anyone have a personalized ringtone? No, you guys all have the same ringtone? No. Okay, so um, when you turn on the TV, does everyone in the house like to watch the same thing? Yeah? Or when you pick out a movie, do you all pick the same one? Everyone's like, oh, I'm glad you picked the same one I picked because we always like the same movie. Right? No? No, we all like our individual things and we have our preferences and our society is becoming more and more built around that, right? Even our news, we can pick what news outlet we want to filter the type of news that comes to us. All of it in a different light or a different color or a different opinion. We are a society that no longer is like the old gas station hacks, you know, one size fits all. Right? Each of us has our own size, our own style, our own preferences and tastes that we want. There's no more universalism in terms of what we get, what we receive. Everything is made to order for you and for me. I kind of like it. You? But it's very different than what's going on in the gospel passage for today. Here we see a universal thing happening, and that is Jesus Christ's revelation to the world. Now, a few years after Jesus' birth, birth, wise men from the east come to look for Jesus. You see, these three men have been led by a star uh, to the land of Israel. They left behind whatever they had going on back there. They had to TiVo all their favorite shows because they were going to be gone for a while to come and see this, this new king that had been born. 
They left behind their lives, they left behind their families, they packed their bags, along with a few precious gifts to bring to this new king. The travelers traveled thousands of miles so that they could find the one who had been born king of the Jews. They wanted to find him so that they could pay him homage, so that they could worship him. And they get to Jerusalem, and then they stop at the palace. And why do they stop at the palace? That's where a king would be, right? Don't you think? You don't look for kings in other places. You look for them in the palace. When you go to England, where do you look for the king? Buckingham Palace, right? You don't go down to Harrods and say, where's the king? Right? You know, you go to the palace. You go to the place they're supposed to be. And is Jesus there? No, she's not. Absolutely. Uh, But they get a key piece of information when they're at the palace. They get the location of where this new king is supposed to be. And they find out that he's supposed to be in Bethlehem of Judea. So they leave the palace, and they journey to Bethlehem. And as they do, they see the star continue to move until it stops over the place where Jesus is. Then they go inside, they kneel down, and they worship him. And then they present their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's the feast of the Epiphany. That's what it's all about. God leading these three wise men from the east to reveal himself to them. We call them the Gentiles, right? And the Gentile is a fancy word for anybody who is not a Jew. Jew. Wait, you guys are sharp right on the ball. Not only are you warm, but you're sharp. Good, I like that. In this feast, we remember and celebrate the arrival of the three wise men. And it's great, not just for the spectacle of it all, like the dudes with turbans and carrying the stuff, and not just because we can finish with our nativity scene, right? It's not just great for those reasons, but it's also because it reveals a greater purpose. In Epiphany, we remember that Jesus is for all people. Jesus is a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. You see, at the time... Israel was looking for their own personal deliverer. They were looking for the Messiah who would come and rescue them. You think they cared a whole lot about what was going on outside of their borders? No, not really. When you're under Roman oppression, you kind of focus on yourself, right? And so they were looking for their personal savior, their personal deliverer. Someone to to take off that iron hand of Rome and to free them. They were looking for a hero. Jesus was thought to be this hero. Then these three wise guys from the east show up and throw everything out of whack. Why? Because they're not Jewish. Why would these three guys be there to visit Jesus? They're not Jewish people. Why would, what would they have to do with this king of the Jews? Why does he matter to them? So much that they travel thousands of miles and bring him presents and come to worship him. Why does that matter? The reason is, is because they realize that Jesus is the solution for their problems too. He is for every person who has ever lived or will ever live. Jesus is the one for them. He is the king for them. Also, The way in which the wise men arrive show us something about how God is working in his world. So how did the wise men navigate to Jesus? Star, that's right. They had an (laughs) on-star. It's amazing. 
There's a precursor for it, but it was pretty effective. It got you where you wanted to be. So who put the star in the heavens? And who made it move, or for them see it move so that they could find it? God. That's right. So who was leading the wise men to Jesus? God. Absolutely. God, the creator of the universe and the author of life, was so interested in drawing people to himself that he revealed this star to these astronomers from the east and made it so compelling to them that they dropped their lives at home and traveled to worship this beautiful Jesus star. They traveled to come and see what this great and auspicious sign might herald. God was and is in the business of bringing people to himself, of drawing them from all over the world to him. And he will use some of the most arcane or obscure ways to do it, but make no mistake, he will draw people to himself. In this passage, we see an interesting thing, too, because we see the people of God doing only one thing to help the wise men. Do you all know what that is? They tell them where. The people of God, the Jewish people there, they give them one thing, and that is the final location that they need to be. They say, you're on the right track. You just got to go a little bit north, a little bit further. You're supposed to be in Bethlehem of Judea. And it's that little bit of information which allows the wise men, after their thousands of miles of trekking, to get to a location where Jesus is, to come into the presence of God himself. God is drawing people to himself. He is revealing himself around the world in ways that we could not possibly imagine. Are we people who are willing to come to him, initially to come and worship him, and then are we willing to help others to arrive, even if they don't look like us or smell like us or act like us or speak our language? Are we willing to be people who are going to join in this process of making this epiphany real today as it was real 2,000 years ago? Are we people who are willing to give those final instructions to help people understand, look, that tug you have on your heart, that feeling, that desire, that yearning you are, you are experiencing, the answer is Jesus. Are we willing to be people who say that, to step into people's lives and be that guide for them to get them those final few miles to the presence of God? My hope for us is that we would be who are willing to step outside our comfort zone, people who are willing to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and willing to see the joy spread across their face as they come into the presence of the one and only God. Because God's not like this magazine. I mean, this magazine is pretty cool. But God is better than Dirt Rider magazine. Believe it or not, God is so much bigger. He is not just a limited edition, like special interest kind of magazine. He is for all. He's not just for a certain segment of the population. He's not just for the wealthy or not just for uh, those who, you know, look like they just walked out of a magazine. He's not just for those people. He is for everybody. He is for you if your life is in order. He is for you if your life is messed up. He is for you if you're rich. He is for you if you're poor. He is for you no matter what your ethnicity is or your gender. He is for you. God is the God of all. He's not a limited one. And he wants you and me to come into relationship with him. And he wants us to participate.
participate, to partner with him in this ministry of bringing people to himself. And he wants us to reveal the hope and the life and the salvation which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Are we willing to be people who can participate in that? To step out, to be bold, but most of all to be faithful to him? Are we? That's the only way to live. Because in participating in God's epiphany work in people's lives, we inherit life as well. We get to participate in that. We get to be filled up as we see them come into the presence of the Almighty God. So my prayer for us here at Emmanuel is that we would be people who would share that hope, share that life, and rejoice as many come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you for in your epiphany that you revealed yourself to the world. Lord, you showed us that you are the God. You are the God who is drawing people to you. You are the one who is worthy of worship, Lord. And it doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter where we're from or what language we speak. Lord, but what matters is that you desire us to be in relationship with you. And so we respond to you, Lord. We say yes to you. We say yes to a relationship with you. And we say yes to participating in your calling of others. Lord, help us to be faithful in this amazing powerful and transformative ministry. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.